tocándole al balón Zidane. Entrega por la banda para Roberto Carlos. Toca por dentro. Aparece Ronaldo. Apaga el primer disparo. Hola Madridistas, this is the American Madridista Podcast. I am your host, Dumasani, recording this episode on September 12th, 2021 from New York City. Real Madrid made their long-awaited return to the Bernabeu today, taking on Celta Vigo in their first match after the conclusion of the international break, and they emerged 5-2 winners from a wide-open entertaining match. It was a demonstration of both the best of Real Madrid and the worst of Real Madrid as on the one hand, they were dominant in possession and presented a continuous attacking threat throughout the course of the game, which resulted in their highest goal tally of the season. But on the other hand, they were consistently frail in defense, which gave rise to a number of good chances for Celta Vigo, which they were able to take advantage of a couple of times. Nonetheless, despite an imperfect performance, Real Madrid did get the perfect result, taking all three points and thereby repositioning themselves back at the top of the La Liga table. Now, Madrid came out in a bit of a different formation than we are accustomed to seeing as Carlo Ancelotti opted for a 4-4-2 as opposed to the typical 4-3-3. You had Miguel Gutierrez starting as the left back with Nacho and Militao as the central back pairing with Danny Carvajal as the right back. Vinicius Jr. dropped back into the midfield to join Modric, Casemiro, and Valverde, and you had Benzema and Eden Hazard up front, with Thibaut Courtois, as always, in front of the goal. This match ended up being a come-from-behind victory for Real Madrid, as it was Celta Vigo that got off to the fast start. They got numbers forward and pressured that Madrid backline into uncomfortable positions, which resulted in an early turnover of the ball by Miguel Gutierrez as he tried to pass it out of the back. Nacho and Casemiro were unable to clean up his error and that resulted ultimately in Celta Vigo putting the ball into the back of the net in the fourth minute. As annoying as it was to see Madrid go down 1-0 so early on in the game, the good thing about it is that it woke them up immediately and took them out of their plan to kind of ease into things. What we saw from then on was Madrid dominate the possession of the ball, not allowing Celta Vigo to put pressure on their back line as aggressively as they had in those first few minutes, and Madrid showed much more urgency in attack, getting the ball down into the final third and creating a number of good opportunities for themselves to get their equalizer. We saw Vinicius attacking down the left-hand side, getting into the box, playing the ball into the box, even taking shots on goal himself. Eden Hazard had a couple of shots saved. And despite a momentary lapse in the 19th minute in which Carvajal gave the ball away, which almost led to Celtics scoring their second goal, but for a natural recovery and intervention, Madrid did get the rewarding payoff that they were looking for in the 24th minute as Casemiro crossed the ball into Valverde, who was in the right-hand side of the box, and Valverde played it back into Karim Benzema, who put the ball into the back of the net to get Madrid its first goal on the day. Unfortunately, Real Madrid's defense would provide Celta opportunities to restore their lead. In the 26th minute, Celta had a nice break down the right-hand side into plenty of space, which required Militao to intervene in the final third, but Real would not be able to save themselves in the same way just a few minutes later after Nacho missing a tackle in the midfield. 
allowed Celta Vigo to get out into space on the break. And this time they got the ball into the box from the right hand side for Servi to put the ball into the back of the net. Initially, he had a wonderfully taken back heel hit the post, but the rebound caromed right to him and he put it in the second time, making no mistakes to put Celta Vigo back up two to one. I'd say it was Nacho that was primarily at fault defensively with that bad attempted at tackle in the middle of the field. But Miguel Gutierrez was also out of position as he had come up forward to assist in the Madrid attack, which ultimately left the back line scrambling with too much space for Celta Vigo to get forward and get that goal. Madrid certainly continued its attacking aggressiveness after that goal as they had after the first Celta Vigo goal. They did maintain dominance of possession. Vinicius continued to take on players with his runs. Benzema had a couple of shots on the goal. He actually had a goal called off for offsides in the 39th minute. And ultimately, Real was not able to get the equalizer despite being generally the better of the two sides in that first half. Certainly, Celta Vigo was more opportunistic than Real Madrid, taking advantage of their opportunities that were presented by Real Madrid's defensive miscues. But to me, Real was the better of the two sides in that first half, despite the scoreline at the halftime whistle. And they would certainly leave no doubt as to who the better side was in the second half. Madrid came out aggressively right from word one as Vinicius made a penetrating run down the left-hand side. Celta Vigo was not able to clear the ball and Valverde won it back deep in Celta territory, got the ball to Miguel on the left-hand side, who then crossed it into the box for Kareem Benzema to head it into the back of the net towards the far post for his second goal and Madrid's second goal of the day. That 46th minute equalizer would only be the start of things to come for Madrid as they continue to put the pressure on Celta Vigo with their attacking prowess. You had a number of players, particularly from the midfield, running into the final third with the ball. Vinicius went on a run. Casemiro went on a run. Modric did the same himself. And it just looked like that third goal was inevitable for Real Madrid. And it surely came in the 54th minute as Vinicius, having received a wonderful through ball from Karim Benzema, got himself down the left-hand side into space and in onto the goal 1v1 with the keeper. And he really showed his maturity as he took his time and just slotted the ball into the back of the net towards the far post with a composed finish to give Real its first lead of the game. Celta would be presented with some chances to get the equalizer as Real Madrid turned the ball over a couple of times to initiate some Celta Vigo breaks. They had one break in the 56th minute after a Casemiro giveaway, which resulted in Thibaut Courtois having to make two saves in rapid succession. A minute later, it was Nacho that had to intervene in the final third. In the 69th minute, they had another break, which required Militao to make an intervention, and they were not able to get that third goal before Madrid was to strike again. It was another attacking run through the midfield that got Madrid to its payoff, this time by Luka Modric, as he took advantage of some bad defense by Celta Vigo that just opened up space in the middle of the park. And he was able to get himself into the final third and take a shot onto goal with that patented technique that he likes to do with the outside of his right foot. The shot was saved, but the rebound fell right into the pathway of newcomer Eduardo Camavinga, who had come on in the 65th minute for Eden Hazard, and he simply tapped the ball in for his first goal in a Real Madrid shirt and gave Madrid a 4-2 lead in the 72nd minute. Despite Madrid having scored its fourth, Celta Vigo certainly wasn't deterred from trying to chase the game, and they took advantage of some bad Madrid passing in the midfield as well as some slack defending to get the ball down the field and into the final third to take their chances. 
Unfortunately for them, some timely defensive interventions by the likes of Nacho, as well as some errant shooting from their attacking players, kept them from getting the third goal, which would have made Madrid uncomfortable in seeing out the game. Madrid, for their part, continued with their attacking initiative, and that would pay off as in the 86th minute, Vinicius Jr., this time on the right-hand side, demonstrated some wonderful skill in attacking two players inside of the box and winning a penalty. Benzema would powerfully and decisively make the most of that opportunity a minute later to get his third goal on the day and Madrid's fifth goal of the game, and that would effectively be the final nail in Celta Vigo's coffin. A couple of good opportunities arose for both teams thereafter, late in the game, that they were not able to take advantage of, but they would have been inconsequential in any case as Madrid was certain to walk away with the victory and they ultimately did, winning 5-2 and taking all three points. And then Ronaldo! Oh! Time to talk about the individual performances for Real Madrid starting up front. Karim Benzema was the man of the match for Madrid with a nine performance, scoring three goals and having an assist on Vinicius Jr.'s goal. He was consistently Madrid's most threatening attacking player and without him, Madrid would have had absolutely no chance of coming back and winning this game. He is absolutely irreplaceable. He was a nine performer for the game. His counterpart, Eden Hazard, was not nearly as effective up front, and he rated as a 6 for me. He had some good runs at players in a couple of instances and got some shots on goal that were ultimately saved. But ultimately, Madrid brought him in for final end product, and he is not putting the ball into the back of the net. He needs to improve in that area. Today, he was a 6. In the midfield, Vinicius Jr. was a 9 performer. I thought he could have easily been the man of the match for Madrid had it not been for Karim Benzema's goal tally. He was continuously a threat with his runs, beating Celta defenders down the wing with his pace, drawing fouls, and getting himself deep into the final third on a consistent basis in which he always looked like he was going to do something positive for Madrid. He got a deserved goal for himself on one of those very runs with a composed, calm, collected finish that really spoke to his maturity as a player. And you have to say at this point, he has certainly cemented his place in the starting 11. He was a 9. Luka Modric was an 8 performer. I thought he played some good passes to organize Madrid's attack from the midfield position. And he went on a great individual run through the Celtic defense and into the final third which ultimately led to Madrid's fourth goal after his shot rebounded from a save and fell right into the pathway of Camavinga to tap it home. So he was an eight performer on the day. Casemiro was not that great. I thought he was a six. He looked tired. Maybe the international break got to him, but he certainly was not sharp. Had numerous giveaways in the midfield with inaccurate passing. And I thought defensively he was not the rock that he typically is in the midfield as Celta Vigo was able to exploit the central areas of the pitch on the break numerous times. A six for Casemiro. Valverde I had as an eight performer. I thought he was highly effective throughout the course of the game going on some good individual runs with the ball using his pace in space. He had the assist for Kareem Benzema's first goal and won the ball back deep in Celta territory which ultimately led to Madrid getting their second goal. It was another strong performance by him and it's certainly going to contribute to giving Carlo Ancelotti a little bit of something to think about in terms of how he wants to organize the midfield once Tony Cruz gets fully healthy. We saw them play with four today. They typically play with three. 
But either way, Valverde's recent performances are going to make it tough for Ancelotti to sit him back on the bench. In the back, I had Miguel as a sixth performer on the day. It was an up and down performance for him. Did not start well at all as he had the bad giveaway in the back that led to Celta Vigo's first goal in that fourth minute. But he did aid in Madrid's attack and was important in assisting on Benzema's second goal after Valverde won the ball back deep in Celta territory. So he was a six. I also had Nacho as a sixth performer in the back. He had the bad error in the middle of the park that led to Celta Vigo getting out onto the break in space and scoring their second goal. But he was much more stout defensively in the second half and made a number of key defensive interventions in the final third that kept Celta Vigo from getting a third goal. So he was a six. Militao was also a six performer for me. I thought he was up and down as well. I didn't think he was as strong as he could have been after the Miguel giveaway deep in Madrid's territory that led to the first Celta Vigo goal. He also had a bad attempted clearance of a ball into the box with his head late on in the game. But he did have some key interventions in that second half, which prevented Celta Vigo from getting a third goal. He was a six performer. Carvajal, I didn't think he had one of his better games, so I rated him as a five. He had a bad giveaway in that first half, which almost resulted in a Celta Viga goal, but for a Nacho intervention. And he wasn't as stout defensively as we ordinarily see him be. I don't remember too many key tackles or interventions, and he just was not as impactful as we know he can be. So I gave him a five. As for the substitutes, Camavinga came on for Eden Hazard to make his Real Madrid debut. I rated him as a six. He certainly started things off on a perfect note, scoring a goal shortly after he came on, but I thought he was up and down after that, giving the ball away a couple of times to initiate some Celta breaks, while on the other hand, making some key defensive interventions to prevent Celta from getting really deep into the final third to put pressure on Madrid's back line. So he was a six in his Real Madrid debut. Asensio came on. I didn't think he was that impactful. Didn't really have that many opportunities to be impactful. I rated him as a five. And both Marcelo and Rodrigo came on after Madrid had already scored its fifth goal in order to see out the last few minutes of the game. So they didn't really have any opportunity to impact the game one way or another. And as a result, they get no rating. Finally, Courtois in goal was a 7. I don't think he was at all at fault for the two goals as Madrid's defense in front of him let him down. And when he was called to action in the second half, he answered that call well, making a couple of key saves and intercepting some dangerous crosses. So a 7 performance for him. In the end, you would expect Ancelotti to be satisfied with a 5-goal performance that yields all 3 points. But he certainly has to remain concerned about Madrid's defensive vulnerabilities that yield opportunities time and time again for the opposition against better teams than Celta Vigo. As you have to remember, Celta sit in the relegation zone currently with only one point. Madrid may very well find itself unable to exploit their opponents with their attacking prowess on one end of the pitch while being more consistently exploited on the other end. And that formula is certainly not going to yield too many more 5-2 victories down the line. Certainly the return of Alaba and Ferland Mendy, who has yet to play this season, should bolster Madrid's defense. But I'm also not so naive as to think that the necessary improvement comes down purely to individual players. The team has to be better collectively as a defensive unit, and they'll certainly have to be better in their midweek match as they face their first big test of this season. Three in the box waiting for the cross and it was Bale! Oh, what a 
Up next for Madrid, they travel to Italy on Wednesday to take on Inter Milan, the reigning Serie A champions, in the first match of the group stage of the Champions League. Inter Milan was also a group stage opponent for Real Madrid last season, and Real Madrid took both matches, winning 3-2 at home and 2-0 away. Obviously, this season, Madrid won't have to contend with the big man Lukaku up front as he was transferred to Chelsea in the summer transfer window. This time around, it will be Edin Dzeko as Inter's number nine that will put Madrid's back line to the test. As of yet, the change in frontman has not caused Inter to suffer domestically at all as they currently sit fourth in Serie A with two wins and one draw. So certainly Madrid cannot let its guard down and underestimate its opponent just because Romelu Lukaku, one of the best strikers in the world, won't be in the opponent's starting 11 this time around. You'd have to expect that Ancelotti will rotate some of his starting 11 with only two days in between matches, but it remains to be seen who exactly he is going to choose for that big Champions League encounter. Hopefully Madrid can carry their performance from the second half today into that match against Inter on Wednesday and get their European campaign started off on a high note by taking all three points. The next time you guys will hear from me will be after the conclusion of that Champions League match, so look for the next episode to drop sometime later on that night. Until then, as always, Hala Madrid.